Welcome to One in Five, which takes its name from the one in five college students in the United States who are also parents. In this documentary series, we meet student parents from across the country who are balancing school, work, and full lives while creating a better future for themselves and their families. I'm Pamela Kirkland, a reporter and audio producer and narrator of One in Five. In this episode, we're spending time with Leslie Del Rio in Denver, Colorado. She became a mom at 18 and says discouragement and stigma followed many of her attempts to find help and resources. Through her own difficult experiences, she's re-examined what it means to offer support in a way that's inclusive and free of judgment. Now, she finds strength in advising other student parents while she stays focused on her goals. Reporter Laura Eisensee brings us Leslie's story. Leslie Del Rio is one of nearly four million student parents in the United States. And like the majority of mothers in college, she's a single mom. My son is like the driving force, like, you know, for my life. Her son, Leonardo, Leo for short, is 10 years old. The pandemic has made life harder for families across the country, especially student parents like Leslie, who are juggling multiple roles. I've always been the primary caretaker of my child, and now I'm his wrestling buddy. I am his Nerf gun war person. I'm also his math teacher. I'm also, you know, his therapist, trying to help him balance, you know, emotional breakdowns during the day while also being a full-time student and a full-time employee. One thing Leslie misses a lot, those small moments in her day where she could shift from one role to the next. COVID-19 has made those precious moments disappear. Now it's all muddled into one. It's I wake up, I go downstairs, I make breakfast, I wash the dishes, I make sure Leo's logged on, I help him with his homework. I'm also trying to be as fully present in my job that 100% pays my bills and puts foods on the table. And then after that, after I slither away from my desk to make a late dinner snack, then I slither back onto my desk until like 9, 10, 11 p.m. to do schoolwork. Many universities and their policies treat student parents like they're invisible, even though that extra support can sometimes mean the difference between a degree and dropping out. Leslie knows these things through her own personal experience. Leslie has shown the world, yes, I can, ever since she became pregnant at the age of 18. At her first prenatal visit, she was embarrassed by the physician. I was so nervous and scared because I was facing this alone. I wasn't ready to tell my mom, and I didn't want to burden anybody else with this. This is Leslie speaking at the 2019 Aspen Think Exchange, a national forum to address complex social problems. The focus was advancing family prosperity, especially families who've been historically marginalized. Different people exchanged ideas on how to move families forward, including policymakers, researchers, and parents like Leslie. She shared her personal story and how sometimes she found that so-called support came with a lot of stigma. Too often, the human services industry forgets about the humanity of the families it serves. One exception was her high school. 
I graduated high school in 2013 at the age of 21 from a load of supports from Florence Crittenden Services. At Florence Crittenden High School in Denver, teen parents can earn a diploma and access services like support groups, art therapy, and an early childhood education center. But elsewhere, Leslie found harsh judgment when she looked for resources as a single mom, like when filing for child support at the Department of Human Services. I still felt shame. I still felt shame while being interrogated in that office, getting asked repeatedly if I was sure of my son's father, and being told that doing off-and-on relationships was something that they didn't do. She says when she left that office, the shaming didn't stop. It followed her to other social service providers and her employer at the time. Leslie describes how that feels. Think about the last time you had to ask a stranger for help. Maybe you lost your phone and you needed to ask a stranger to borrow theirs to get, a, to, get to your phone or to get a ride at home. What if that stranger was like, well, I'm going to need you to empty out your pockets and show me the inside of your purse. I need proof that you don't have a phone. Leslie says this has happened to her over and over again. Instead of people asking me for a look in my purse, they would callously request intimate details of my work, personal, and financial life. This is a very shaming and isolating experience, although I know I'm not alone. Leslie has tried to create a different experience in her education and her career. For over two years, she's been supporting other student parents as a parent advisor for the Aspen Post-Secondary Success for Parents Initiative, or PSP. In her full-time job, she teaches digital skills and helps people find new careers at Mikasa Resource Center. Again, she focuses on empowerment, not judgment. Leslie, who's now 29, puts this reframing and inclusive approach into practice. And I think one way, one simple way to do this is from changing the question from how, what are you here for to how can I support you? Before the pandemic closed college campuses across the globe, virtual school was already the norm for Leslie. Just this last leg of my educational journey, it has been all online. I attend school at Southern New Hampshire University. It's competency-based education, so I don't have any formal scheduled classes. It's kind of more self-paced work, and I've really enjoyed it. I really have advanced in it. She's just finished her associate's degree in business administration in a hybrid university program. That means she takes courses online around her schedule. But she also gets in-person support through the university's partner, Advance EDU. It takes a two-generation approach to moving families forward, meaning it aims to support both parents and their kids. So it has a physical campus in Denver with on-site childcare, technology services, career development, and a personal coach. I'm in this work really just because I believe that every student can be successful in college if they have the right supports. Holly Armstrong is Leslie's coach with Advanced EDU. Leslie's lucky. Not every student parent gets this kind of personalized support. But research shows that when student parents have access to someone based on campus, like an advisor, they can better navigate hurdles and meet the needs of their multiple roles. 
Holly says it's critical because student parents make up so many of all college students in the United States. There's not really a traditional college student anymore. And as there are these growing numbers of alternative, not alternative college of options, more flexible, just the pathways for higher education don't all look identical. And I think that's what we need because college students don't look all identical. Before the pandemic, Holly and Leslie had regular check-ins on campus and in the community. So I think that Leslie and I at this point have probably been to eight or nine of the public libraries in Denver. Leslie's son, Leo, would almost always be there too. He'd play on the computer or work on his homework. Even just providing a place where he could be while she was meeting with her coach and while she was working on school, that was just really helpful. That's the idea behind Advanced EDU's on-campus childcare offerings as well. With the pandemic, we've been closed a lot or it's been optional for students to come on campus and we've only had a few take advantage of that. But when Leslie has come on campus when it's been safe during the pandemic, Leo's come with her, he's worked on his schoolwork, he has, you know, put headphones on an iPad and watched a couple shows. I've gotten to see Leo a lot in the past two plus years that I've known Leslie. Childcare is critical for student parents, especially single parents who are working towards their degree. Yet in 2016, a white paper by the Institute for Women's Policy Research reported that there's limited access to childcare on U.S. college campuses. And it's actually been on the decline since the early 2000s. I just could only imagine that if traditional college and college options that are growing would provide flexible ways. Lots more parents would take advantage of it and pursue their college degree or finish their college degree because I think a lot either started unsuccessfully or had to take a pause and never returned. And I think childcare can make an incredible difference for those. I've seen it for Leslie and getting to know Leo also really helped me build my relationship with Leslie, I think, as a coach. Among the pandemic's many devastating consequences, COVID closed many daycares and schools, which millions of working families in the U.S. relied on. You know, I can go on and on about, like, childcare. Childcare is really, really big, especially for me as a single mom. There's no sports. There's no nothing's open. Leslie tried to be intentional with how she spent time with Leo. Sometimes they looked at old pictures or turned off screens and played a puzzle instead. At Advanced EDU, Holly and other success coaches have tried to tailor their support to COVID's new challenges. So when Leslie joins a study hall online, instead of meeting up in person, they may send a meal through Grubhub's delivery service. So that she can work on her school and have a free dinner. Um, and a, a couple of times gotten her and Leo like a family pack of fried chicken and some sides so that she doesn't have to do any cooking. So really trying to help in as many ways as we can. They've sent pandemic care packages with spiral notebooks, pencils, snacks, gift cards to grocery stores. We also sent things like hand sanitizer, just all sorts of things that we thought hopefully not only would our students know that we care about them as people, but they would also hopefully just help them feel more prepared while they were working from home and studying from home. I think it is really important, especially for like me that I live alone with my son, that someone is like, I see your struggles and they are no less than mine and they are valid. Leslie says it means a lot 
to know someone's thinking of her and wants to help. And even if it's annoying that, you know, you have to be at your house all day or your son is annoying you or whatever my my challenges is that day, that week, someone is there to just hear it, you know, just hear it and say, okay, how can I support you? Like, do you just need me to hear you or what do you need? And sometimes it's like, hey, can you check in with me on Monday to see if I did this assignment or to see if I turned that in? Holly says she tries to ask Leslie those kinds of questions. She says that Leslie shares her feedback and advocates for others. And that makes the whole program better for student parents. I wish that other programs and, and colleges and universities would do the same and just ask, ask, <laughs> ask, and then, and then make changes based on that. We don't have it down perfectly. I don't know that anyone ever can, but I do know that our support for student parents continues to get better because Leslie Del Rio and other student parents like her are sharing their honest needs and wants and desires and feedback. There's something else that Holly and Leslie have talked about this year. While Leslie was busy with her job and keeping Leo on track with virtual school and taking her own classes online, she was beginning to buckle under the strain. Some things did collapse in my life, my mental health being one of them. She began to show signs of depression. It's something that other parents in college have struggled with even before COVID. A 2006 study of student parents in the UK found that seven out of 12 student mothers surveyed said they suffered from depression and high stress levels. The pandemic has only added to that kind of stress. In the last year, Leslie left one job and started a new one. She also tested positive for COVID-19. So Leo had to stay with his dad for a while. She texted Holly how much she missed him. It all felt overwhelming. You know, I wish I would have been one of those people who like um, ran marathons or, you know, got super fit and learned how to cook really well. Like, I don't think I picked up any new skills, but I feel like I didn't stay stagnant. And that's pretty important to me because at some points in the lowest of my lows of this pandemic, I did feel like I wasn't moving anywhere. I was sometimes even felt like I was going backwards. During those low points, Holly noticed it was hard for Leslie to follow through on some of her action plans for school. She started to worry that Leslie would fall behind and lose her status as a full-time student. If that happened, she could end up owing money back on her federal financial aid. And so we actually decided the best thing for Leslie was to withdraw from that term and wait until the next term. We made that decision right before she would have to owe any money back. Leslie was able to put school on pause, heal from COVID, and feel better before diving back in. But it can be tough for student parents to persist and graduate. A study from the U.S. Government Accountability Office in 2019 found that just over half of student parents drop out before they earn their degree, compared to a third of students who are not parents. Without that degree, it can be hard to get a better paying job, and that can make it harder to repay any outstanding student loans. When Leslie took her break, she kept attending some online study groups with Advance EDU. 
That helped her have a smooth return this semester for her final stretch to earn her associate's degree in business administration. She's already got great rhythm and great strides. And that's something that a lot of students struggle with when there is that break. So I know I struggled when there would be a summer break or even that three or four week break between the holidays. You start back after you've been doing nothing related to school and it is hard to put your foot on the gas again. But Leslie, of her own accord, it was entirely optional between terms was the one who told me, no, I want to go to study sessions. I want to do what I can so that I, I have some sort of groove, some sort of rhythm. Leslie also got professional support and resources to treat her mental health. And she's taken up dancing, salsa and bachata, which give her a boost. The dance lesson is one of those things that haven't closed down. And I cherish them because, you know, it's still keeping true to trying something new. I think it's really helping me with like my realignment and just like my mental health state. Leo's back in school now, and Leslie follows a new morning routine that keeps her grounded so she can take care of herself and her son. So, you know, although I feel in a very, like, a thousand times better than I did last year, I am still working every single day to make sure that I'm taking care of myself in any way that I can. Leslie doesn't want the world to feel sorry for her for choosing to raise her son, Leo, without the support of a typical nuclear family. People look at single moms in their lives and their like experiences and there is like a sense of pity or like a sense of sympathy, you know, like, yeah, it must be so hard for them, must be really bad, like they're lonely or, you know, they must struggle a lot. And while that is true, a lot of the time I do struggle, I have struggled and continue to struggle. It's not a very lonely life for me. One thing that brings her joy spending time with her extended family. At holidays, like at last Thanksgiving, they love to pull out their deck of cards and play a game of Loteria. Make that a few rounds. You know, when everything seems to be like an earthquake shaking around and like stumbling around, it's good to grasp your foundation and be like, my family's all still here. We're all healthy. We're all safe. And, you know, that's what matters. Leslie says her grandmother is the matriarch of their extended family. Her mom, two aunts, her uncle, nine cousins, and a bunch of great-grandchildren, including Leslie's son, Leo. My grandma comes from Torreón, Coahuila, Mexico, was a single mom, a single grandma. And my grandma had a lot, a big role in in raising me. My mom is also a single mom. And I was born in Texas, but lived in Mexico till I was about four or five. And we all then moved here from Mexico without many things, without, you know, much security or financial or any pretty much like, you know, just a big dream. She says before that, when her mom was growing up in Mexico, the family was just scraping by. They were so poor that they had to sew their socks for school 
they only had one pair of socks and they, you know, in Mexico, they have to wear uniforms and she would have to sew them. Leslie says she's learned a lot from her grandmother, her wisdom and unconventional ways. She cared for Leslie when her mom worked in a restaurant. Leslie's found resilience in her family's journey. And although, you know, it looks very untraditional and maybe to some not whole, to us and to our family, it is whole and it is strong and it is beautiful and it carries such a huge legacy. This goes along with the two-generation approach to building family well-being. It recognizes that social capital and family networks can help parents and their children access more opportunities and strengthen their lives. Leslie's already moving forward. She's achieved financial independence. And this past fall, despite everything she had going on during the pandemic, she realized one of her life's dreams— she bought a townhome. So now she's a homeowner. And, you know, that's always been my goal. My mom, during the recession, lost her home. And, you know, being a single mom, that was always my goal. I wanted to be, I wanted to be a homeowner to have that security for my son. Leslie says reaching that milestone gives her the confidence that she could reach other goals. Like, I wonder what else I can accomplish. You know, I wonder what other dreams can become a reality. Next up, continuing to focus on her mental health and giving her son the support he needs for school. Later, she'll go back for her bachelor's degree. She wants to keep building her career and maybe bridge the worlds of business and nonprofit work. Leslie says she's proud of how far she and Leo have come together. Sometimes I get really nostalgic about like where I was 10 years ago with my kid, even just like five years ago where I was struggling being a single mom, like not really knowing how I was going to keep going. And now it's like a, a breath of fresh air. You know, there are so many crazy, scary things happening, so much uncertainty and also like starting to realize that my hard work is paying off. Hard work and systems of support to meet her and her son where they're at. Laura Eisensee reported this story with Teresa Campagna. Advanced EDU is a Denver-based hybrid college that combines high-quality online college degrees from accredited and nonprofit universities with in-person supports aimed at helping students succeed. You can learn more at myadvanceedu.org. Florence Crittenden Services is a Denver nonprofit that uses a trauma-responsive two-generation program model to help teen families break the cycle of poverty through education, health and wellness, and economic and social asset building. You can find them at flowcritco.org. Thank you for listening. One in Five is produced by Lantigua Williams & Co. and presented by Ascend at the Aspen Institute, the national hub for breakthrough ideas and collaborations that move children and their parents toward educational success and economic security. To learn more about student parents and resources for them, visit ascend.aspeninstitute.org and follow at Aspen Ascend on Twitter. Jen Chien edited this episode. Sound design and mixing by Elizabeth Nakano with Cedric Wilson. Our theme song is Ascenders by Kojin Tashiro, who also contributed to mixing. 
Sarah McClure, Ryan Katz, Erica Hellerstein, Emily Vaughn, and Ava Amudbegi fact-check the series. I'm Pamela Kirkland. Subscribe to One in Five on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.